With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of World Hockey Report. I am your host today from the Pro Rock Hockey Studios, the inside of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, here on this Thursday, June the 9th. Yes, I looked at the date because you kind of get used to the fact that sometimes the days just kind of blend in together, so please forgive me. That That's something that happens from time to time. We got a lot to get to today in just one hour. We're going to make sure we're a hard stop one hour today because I got other stuff going on. Hence why we are recording and being live here so early today because, well, you know, we we have our schedules kind of got flipped around on us. I got had to get called into work and of course, Cody Jansen also had to get called into work. So yeah, we we We've had to now kind of adjust accordingly. So thank you all very much for jumping in on the chat here today as well. And be sure to follow us at World Hockey RPT. And thank you very much for wherever you're watching or listening, wherever you're watching, maybe on 12 Ounce Sports or even the Hockey Podcast Network. Be sure to chime in and tell us how you are all doing today on this Thursday. Game five tonight, the New York Rangers taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Big game tonight because, well, let's be honest, guys, this could really determine who wins this series because right now the Tampa Bay Lightning have a lot of momentum. Don't worry, though. We're not going to get all of it out in one fell swoop. We're going to talk later on with Alan Crada. That's right, New York Times writer for all of the New York hockey teams. He'll be jumping on here once again to join us to talk about what exactly happened in Game 4, and what could happen tonight in Game 5. Thank you all very much. Jack Eichel jumping on in there right away. Tampa wins 3-2 in double overtimes. Go Tampa. Of course, if you're just joining us, at World Hockey RPT, that is where our question of the day is today as well. We asked, who do you think wins Game 5? Very simple question. We don't need you to think a whole lot today. Right now, it's edging out for the Tampa Bay Lightning. For a minute, though, it was the Rangers. But it is very close, very close indeed. So don't worry, kids. This is going to be, we'll keep updating it throughout the day. So let's kind of get into, let's get into some news first. Like I said, bottom of the hour, we will talk with Alan Kreda more about the game tonight, even though we did get word just before we went live here that John Cooper has said Braden Point will not be playing tonight. He will not be playing uh, Brain points is still out. I've been off by one or two goals in the last game, says Jack Eichel. Jacob loves THPN Tampa versus Rangers. So, hey, one or two goals, that means it could be four to two. 
it could be five to two. So pretty much saying that we're going to see an empty netter tonight. Double overtime though, Jack Eichel. I'm not sure, buddy, but hey, you know what? Crazier things have happened indeed. So let's talk about some, let's talk about some news here first. Uh, first of all, award time. Actually, no, before we get to all that, pardon me. It is Stanley Cup playoff time here in the National Hockey League, as you probably figured it out. Heck, that's why we're doing this sort of thing. Also, it's a good time to save some money on your next ticket purchase because those tickets are super expensive for the playoffs. So sign up with SeatGeek and use the promo code WHR when checking out. It's that simple on SeatGeek because when you use the promo code WHR on your first purchase, you'll save $20. So with that, a couple of news and notes. We had some more awards being handed out over the past couple of days. The most recent one, the King Clancy Award. Going to P.K. Subban of the New Jersey Devils. Congratulations to P.K. Because P.K. is a wonderful thing. Oh, my dog's going. My dog's going bye-bye. Okay. Sorry. My dog waved at me through the door. So I had to wave back to her. Little Wixie saying hello. And not going to. Not on the show. Still has yet to join us here on World Hockey Report. But, you know, the King Clancy Awards, of course, for, you know, being someone who's an ambassador for the game. And, you know, doing great things off the ice. And, and while, yes, have our opinions of P.K. Subban. I personally, I think he's an entertaining guy. I think he's done a great job on the broadcasting side, done some stuff for ESPN during these playoffs. I, I think he's a great, I think he's a good dude. And he really means well. And yes, is he worth $9 million to play anymore? You know, probably not. But however, he's still an all-around pretty fun guy to, to watch and see. So congratulations to him. Obviously, more awards will be handed out as we continue along through this postseason. Jack Eichel says Vasilevsky will stop 40 of 42 shots tonight. Igor Shosturkin, 35 of 38. Bold prediction there, saying that the Rangers will once again outshoot the Lightning, which happened for the first time in this series in Game 4. Now, granted, you could, could we could go into the analytics and the high-danger scoring chances and probably favor Tampa in that. However, shots on goal on Tuesday night were 35-31 in favor of the Rangers. So, Certainly Vasilevsky's best game indeed. But let's let's go into some news as well for the Seattle Kraken fans out there. You're only going to be starting with one of your two goaltenders that you had to start the season. Chris Drieger is going to be out for seven months after knee sur- after ACL surgery to his knee. Um, it sounded, and I guess what happened was that he injured it during the third period of that gold medal game at the World Championships. So, yeah, tough blow for the Kraken because I. I've really, you know, Chris Drieger really burst on the scene two years ago, right? And, you know, yes, did did things go poorly for the Kraken last year? 100%. However, we all can say this, though, is the fact that, well, Seattle Kraken played like an expansion team. And so, hey, I, I think, you know, if they can bounce back next year, it'll be great. But unfortunately, no Chris Drieger to start the season. Also, no Brad Marchand to start the season, it sounds like, for the Boston Bruins is going to be out after surgery as well. And, of course, this is a team that is already having issues. Bruce Cassidy came out saying that he thought he did a good job, and he actually met with the media right before getting fired. And so, you know, he was kind of confused on the move. A lot of us are. We're all pointing at Don Sweeney saying, hey, Don, maybe this is someone else's fault, not the coaches. Brendan jumps in the chat. Lightning is truly a threat if there is a if they're fighting, they are way back. They're fighting. Oh, they are fighting their way back in the series. Pardon me, Brendan. Your, your grandma confused me a little bit there, friend. Uh, Lightning ain't a team to just give up. That is correct. Even though ain't, ain't a word, I will use ain't in this case. So will Brendan to describe Tampa's chances in this conference final. Like I said, folks, 1230. 
Eastern time, 10.30 local time, we will get to what is going on in that series, Game 5 tonight from Madison Square Garden. But talking about Brad Marchand, though, I I feel for the guy because I've, I've been hard on him for years. I've gave him flack for years. Uh, the City Life Project says, go Tampa. Uh, has my merch been shipped out yet? Jack Geichel calling out City Life Project. What's going on, guys? If you want to fight it out, don't fight it out here on World Hockey Report. Fight it out somewhere else. Take it outside. The chat room, I guess, is the best way I can describe that. Uh, my wife is also waving goodbye. Bye, hon. Have, have a wonderful time wherever you're going. I, I don't know where she's She's going somewhere. That's nice. At least she tells me where she's going uh, for the most part. But, you know, the Bruins are they're an interesting team because, you know, we talked about it with Adam Brown seen a couple weeks ago. You know, we were trying to figure out what the future is for this team. Like, they're still good. They still have talent. But you're going to be missing Brad Marchand for a little bit. And Patrice Bergeron, of course, is a question mark. And who knows with Don Sweeney now if he's going to keep David Pasternak at this point, right? Is that perfection line going to stick around? So it's going to be some moves that we're going to have to wait and see. I think I think Boston's still a team that can make the playoffs next year. With the If Marchand is healthy, if he gets back soon enough, I mean, this is going to be one of those things where, and even though, yes, with with hips, it's, it's hard to to really gauge how much of a player will be the same when he comes back, he or she. But, you know, I if you if you gave me this roster, like I really thought I really thought Boston had a chance to make it out of round 1. If Carolina wasn't just that good at home for some reason and the Boston Bruins were not so poor on the road, I think this could be a different discussion of what could have happened in round 2. I think the Rangers would have been favored against Boston in round 2. At the same token, though, I'm not surprised, though, that the Rangers are here where they are. But my point is, I still don't like, still baffled by the decision of Bruce Cassidy not going to or not staying with the Boston Bruins. It'll be interesting to see where he goes for sure. I know Jack Eichel is going on the Cassidy to Vegas train. Indeed. Uh, Isha, let's fight on the ice. Ice Wars, baby. Yes, sir. I'm just saying, guys. Ice Wars, but with podcasters. I'm just saying, it's going to be better than, or what was that? Better than Psy uh, facing Jake Paul, or was that was that the fight? Was it Logan? I don't Logan Paul, whatever. YouTubers fight. Let's just have that again. There'll be a pay-per-view headliner, you know, or, except for in a boxing ring, we'll have it on the ice. It'll be it'll be legendary. It'll be legendary Ice Wars. Uh, I'll have to hit up AJ Galante for that sort of stuff. Um, we're we're going to take a couple of quick earlier breaks today, because obviously, like I said, we got Alan Creative coming up here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to the first break, I do have to address something that I have yet to really get on because this is something, I mean, it's it's not something I, I don't want to talk about it, but nobody wants to talk about this sort of thing. But if you've been paying attention, a lot of crazy stuff's been happening with Hockey Canada. There have been allegations of sexual abuse, sexual assault allegations in regards to an event that happened. I forgot what kind of, I can't exactly remember which what event it was. It was before the 2018 World Junior Championships. And for those that remember, that was the year Canada won in Buffalo. And according to reports, I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm sorry if the details don't sound, you know, pretty cut and clear there, but there was a, a woman who claims that she was sexually assaulted by members of Hockey Canada, particularly some players. And some of those players are guys that are playing in the National Hockey League. Now, none of them have been announced. There's been no names involved here. However, there was supposed to be a vote today by the Canadian Heritage Committee to, in regards to uh, initiate an investigation. 
However, according to Emily Sadler from Sportsnet, the Canadian Heritage Committee adjourned yesterday without reaching a consensus to initiate an investigation into the 2018 sexual assault allegations connected to Hockey Canada. The committee will meet next Monday, which is the earliest a vote to move ahead with an investigation can now take place. And this is just with everything that's happened in the last 24 months, not 24 months, even 12 months, the Kyle Beach story. And I mean, the, the game right now is having way too many off the ice issues for people to say, this is a good game. This is a perfectly well-constructed sport. You know, I mean, there's obviously with that, with all of the, the racial abuse, not just Nazem Kadri recently, but you guys remember what happened with Jordan Subban and Boko Imama when he was with, in Tucson. And then thankfully, you know, he certainly got his, in some form or another, a redemption by going up to the NHL and scoring his first NHL goal. But this is something that we just, it's, I know people are saying, yes, it's an old story. Why does it matter now? Well, unfortunately, you know, it was, Kyle Beach was 2010, guys. Sometimes it's hard to get these sorts of things out and have the courage to come forward with these sort of things. So we'll obviously keep our eyes and ears open, but certainly not a good look for Hockey Canada right now and not a good look for, you know, the players that are allegedly involved. And like we said, we do not know. We don't have any names. We don't have any idea. City Life Project agreeing with me. Bad look on Hockey Canada and just the sport in general from the development level too. So disgusting. Um, hello, beer, sports, whatever podcast. Thanks for jumping in on there as well. I, I just, it's hard for me, guys, because, you know, this, I mean, for those that don't know, yes, I'm from the United States, born and raised, from Michigan, blah, 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 blah. I, myself, I cheer for Canada. I love Canada. I love every, you know, from, as the Americans say, from sea to shining sea, from the Maritimes to the Vancouver Island, I love Canada. It's it's a wonderful place. It makes me happy every time I cross the border because for some reason there's this aura for me that like I go into it and it becomes my happy place, like happy Gilmore, except, you know, except for a girl walking out of a, you know, a body of water with two pitchers of beer. I just get to see the CN tower and, you know, I get to see a great place like Montreal, Vancouver, whatever. So for me, it's hard because you think, Oh, you know, hockey can at least, you know, Canadian hockey. It's great. It's wonderful. As we've seen, though, with multiple individuals over the last how many ever months and last year or change, not necessarily everything you see at the surface is pretty. And and don't get me wrong, this is not going to make me hate Canada or hate hockey for that matter, because trust me, there's been stupid stuff that's happened for a long time now with this sport. The laundry list is huge. However, it just makes it more and more difficult to be to get excited and say, you know, oh, yeah, Hockey Canada, great organization. Well, we can definitely tell by not just this incident, but years and years of stuff that's happened in the past that's just kind of shown that, you know, there certainly should be some improvements and things could obviously better. So, like I said, there's going to be a possible vote on Monday by the Heritage Committee. Um, there was also some report of quick last thing here before we get to this. Uh, Michelle Ferrari, who is the conservative MP for Peterborough Kawartha, an associate committee member said during the proceedings um, that if we are the leaders of this country, what are we saying to victims if we're not prioritizing this? And I think there's an opportunity for all parties to work together because I think everybody wants to solve this. Um, she's also a member of the Standing Committee of the Status of Women, urging the Heritage Committee to prioritize the Hockey Canada Inquiry, later adding, without accountability, there is no change. I will leave you with that as well. It's hopefully things get figured out here. Um, we're going to take a break first, but before I mention that, guys, got to remember, because 
Obviously, we saw Jack Eichel's prediction already today. He says 3-2 double overtime win. Well, in that case, guys, be sure to hammer down with the Stanley Cup playoffs WHR OT Challenge. That is right. Presented by Player this year, the WHR OT Challenge happens whenever a game goes to overtime. Go on Twitter. Use the hashtag WHR OT Challenge. It's pretty simple. If you can spell challenge, you can spell our initials, and you can spell O and T You'll be set. Make sure you actually put the letter O, not the number zero. Some people have done that. It's kind of funny. You will not be eligible if you do that. Pick your, Make your picks on Twitter. Use the hashtag, and you have a chance to win a player pack or a prize pack from World Hockey Report presented by a player. Once again, hammer down on hashtag WHROT challenge to win possibly tonight. And obviously, we've got the finals coming up. So who knows what will happen after that. But we'll take a quick break, folks, when we come back more on World Hockey Report. Get ready to win with Billy's Smelling Salts. Billy's Smelling Salts are for gamers, athletes, and competitors alike who want to get in the zone. Us at World Hockey Report teamed up with Billy's, and if you use the promo code WHR when checking out, you'll save yourself some money. The highest quality smelling salts in the game and at the best price point if you use the promo code WHR on Billy's. Billy's Smelling Salts. Get ready to win. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's Stanley Cup playoff time in the NHL. And if you want to save some money on your next ticket purchase, sign up for SeatGeek and use promo code WHR when checking out. It's that simple on SeatGeek. When you use promo code WHR on your first purchase, you'll save $20. And 
welcome back everyone here to World Hockey Report here on this Thursday, June the 9th. It's going to be a, it's a very beautiful day out here, my neck of the woods here. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, which means one thing and one thing only. We're going to have us a good hockey game tonight, right? Like I said, guys, just about 10 minutes time, we're going to be talking here with Alan Crada of the New York Times, once again, jumping on the show, previewing tonight's game, Rangers and Bolts. Bolts have worked their way back from a 2-0 deficit to tie the series Trying to become the first team since 1991 in the conference finals to, re- to erase a two-game deficit and win the series. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the conference finals. Now, if you guys remember what happened back in 1991, that was the infamous Alf Samuelson knee on Cam Neely, which a lot of people believe really changed the series. Uh, during the break, Donnell Weaver jumped on and asked, let me ask you, was, you, was I shocked? I believe he's asked me, was I shocked that the Avalanche swept the Oilers? I would say 100% because I believe the Avalanche were going to win the series. I did pick five games. I was shocked it was in four. It just felt like the Edmonton Oilers were at least going to win one game at home, and they were one goal away from doing that in game four. So, yes, Donnell, I was 100% shocked. It is 12-17 Eastern time on the East Coast. That is right, and it's now 12-20 Eastern time, 10-20 back home in Alberta and Saski. That's true. Still in the morning for still in the morning for a lot of us. I say if you're having coffee, it's the morning for me. The morning is from dusk till dawn because I literally have coffee all day. Uh, I made sure I had my iced coffee before the show here because I wanted to make sure that a try not to drink during the show. I I want to make myself look like I'm a a well attentive host, and also the fact that I was pretty exhausted. I got up early this morning because I have. It's, it's a busy afternoon for me, so I had to make sure I got more stuff done in the morning. So I've had like three cups of coffee at this point. So uh, my apologies if I come off a little zingy. Um, if you guys ever had this problem when you're putting sugar in coffee, because I, I myself, I'm dumb. I just take the big bag of sugar you get from the store, from the grocery store, and just try to s- sprinkle it in a little bit. Well, today I accidentally didn't sprinkle it. It kind of clumped into the, the, into the coffee. Uh, into my iced coffee. If I do iced coffee, I'll put a little sugar in it. I don't do it for my regular morning hot coffee because I can drink that stuff black. But when I have like a little iced latte with a little bit of milk and whatever, I do add some sugar. And yeah, that was a very sugary coffee, like Starbucks level and Dunkin' level of sugar in my coffee. Like that was that was the closest thing I think I've come to a Tim Hortons double double in probably six months. You know, because they've gotten rid of a bunch of them here in West Michigan. So. Yeah, I had some sugar and feeling pretty good at the moment, which will probably carry me until about, I don't know, let's see, uh, probably 1.30 mountain time. So yeah, that'll be great. I'll crash hard. Uh, If I'm feeling fancy, some cream and Vietnamese condensed milk. Interesting. Uh, That's a, I've never had that. I have condensed milk in my cupboard, but never Vietnamese condensed milk. I'll have to remember that. Uh, hello to the fake white demon. Um, that's uh, jumping in the chat there. Be sure to jump in the chat as well and join us as always and follow us at World Hockey RPT, guys. Thank you all very much for stopping by today. Uh, City Life Project says trying to stop drinking coffee by noon. That's almost impossible for me because when you have to deal with stupid people at a radio station all day, you kind of have to keep drinking coffee to, you know, not fall asleep or go crazy. I don't. It, I know it doesn't make sense when I say that drinking coffee to not go crazy. But for me, it does. I, for some reason, if I'm one of those people that will get a, a caffeine withdrawal if I don't drink enough coffee or if I don't have any coffee in the morning. So get headaches and stuff. And that's when I get ornery. So that's when I get really short with people. That's why I make sure I drink coffee before the show, just in case, you know, there's a wild take that is said and 
and then I go crazy. Or if I never drank coffee before, you know, George Peros and the NHL Department of Player Safety makes a bonehead decision. Uh, that's also another time I'll go mad and crazy uh, <laughs> before I get myself any more trouble by calling out people. Uh, oh, hey, dro- thank you for dropping a couple bucks there for my Vietnamese coffee CLA project. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, man, I hope I'm hopelessly addicted to coffee. I I will say I'm, I'm good at sticking with two cups a day. It's sometimes it's those those weird Sundays at like a, if I go to, you know, like a Sunday brunch or whatever, I'll have like five cups of coffee, not realizing it. <laughs> Quick, funny story. So my freshman year playing at Davenport, ACHA hockey, we had, it was the Thursday before a game. We always practice Thursday mornings at like eight, eight twenty. And we always got to the rink early to do like a workout. But since it was the first game that we had coming up on Friday, we didn't want to do a hard workout. So we all got together at a normal time, 630. And we went to Denny's. We, had a, we went to a Denny's that's right by the rink. And and we didn't, not, none of us ate a whole lot. A, because some of us, myself included, college students were broke. So want myself and our starting goaltender, I'm not going to name drop him here. Cause it, well, I will, because him and I both had the same problem. Johnny Cruz and I, we had about, Oh gosh, it felt like it was like six or seven cups of coffee because we were there for maybe an hour, but we kept chatting and we're those kind of guys that will just casually sip on whatever we're having. And it's another problem with me sitting at a bar or going to a party or a cookout or whatever. I'll just sit there and just, if I have something in my hand, it'll just ADD comes in. I just start, you know, just sipping away at it, not realizing it. And of course the, the waitress being very kind, keeps coming over and filling our cups of coffee and whatnot, even though that's all we were getting. I'm surprised she kept attending to us. But we, we gave her a good tip. Don't worry, guys. And honestly, we just kept all of a sudden we get to the rink and him and I were really like we were shaking. We had that much coffee. It was a wildly fa- like the practice felt like it was in 20 minutes because we were just bouncing off the walls and we, we practiced well. I think we both made a lot of saves, but we were so wired like we were, we couldn't control ourselves. So and I, I remember I had to go to class that day and I think I crashed. I don't know. I, I had a two thirty class or a three o'clock class, and I think I fell asleep during that. So the caffeine buzz did come down eventually. But there's my fun little story there. Uh, last thing here before we go to break, before we go to bring on Alan Crater from the New York Times, give me a quick uh, update on the women's under 18s. The last day of group play action today in Madison, Wisconsin. Group A being dominated right now by the Americans. They are victors, six one winners. And their opening game a couple days ago against Sweden, then 5-0 winners over Finland. Layla Edwards and Tessa Janicki are probably two of the best players in this tournament right now. That line is really clicking. Each of them have three goals and two assists for the United States. Canada and Finland each one and one. Canada has their win over Sweden, a 3-1 win the other day, that, or yesterday. It wasn't really a big win for Canada. Uh, but, of course, Finland, who beat Canada, then they lost 5-0 to the Americans. Sweden, though, 0-2 possibly looking at getting relegated in the under-18s. Their games today, Canada's, Canada the United States. That game's tonight. That's a 7 o'clock local puck drop, or 8 o'clock local puck drop in Madison, 7 Mountain, and 9 Eastern for that one. That's going to be a dandy of a game. Finland and Sweden, that'll be at 3 o'clock Mountain time today, 5 o'clock Eastern. Group B, Czechia is looking really good. Czechia's playing some good hockey. They shut out Slovakia in game 1-4-0, and then a 6-2 win over Germany yesterday. Adela Sapova, I can say it, guys. Sapo Valavova, my goodness. Maybe if I was broadcasting, I might actually get the name right the first time. Uh, Sapo Valova, she is leading the tournament in points right now. Two goals and four assists. 
Her teammate, Teresa Plazova, right behind her with one goal and four assists. Michaela Hesova, the lone goaltender with two wins so far this tournament. The Americans split their goaltenders. She is 2-0, making 26 saves on the 27 shots she has faced in the two wins. Germany, of course, 1-1 one one with their win, a dramatic win over Switzerland in their opener, and then a win over Slovakia for Switzerland. 0-2 is Slovakia themselves. As you see, we have a guy jumping on the line here, but first, we got to go to a break. I will introduce this guy, this kind young man, after this here on World Hockey Report. Get ready to win with Billy's Smelling Salts. Billy's Smelling Salts are for gamers, athletes, and competitors alike who want to get in the zone. Us at World Hockey Report teamed up with Billy's, and if you use the promo code WHR when checking out, you'll save yourself some money. The highest quality smelling salts in the game and at the best price point if you use the promo code WHR on Billy's. Billy's Smelling Salts. Get ready to win. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's Stanley Cup playoff time in the NHL. And if you want to save some money on your next ticket purchase, sign up for SeatGeek and use promo code WHR when checking out. It's that simple on SeatGeek. When you use promo code WHR on your first purchase, you'll save $20. And welcome back, everyone, here to World Hockey Report. On this Thursday, June the 9th, we mentioned it, guys. Game 5, series tied at 2, Eastern Conference Finals, Bolts and Rangers back at Madison Square Garden, and it's looking like it's going to be a long series. Now, what does that mean? Will it go 6? Will it go 7? We'll find out here in just a second. But I got to ask you guys, do you need a new hockey stick? Well, all the big brands are raising their prices. Thank you, inflation, making the game more unaffordable than ever before. But you don't have to fall for that. 
Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, a true Canadian company with real morals offering players of all levels a top-of-the-line stick at a fraction of the cost. It's lighter, more balanced, and has more customizable options than anything off the rack. Be sure to check out the family-run business today at ProRock.com. So with that now, it's my pleasure to bring in a gentleman that we've had on before. He was such a good guest once and so nice, we had to bring him on twice. He is the New York hockey writer for the New York Times. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Alan Kareta. Alan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great. I am very well. It's game five day in New York, Rangers, Tampa Bay Lightning. We know there's going to be a game six Saturday night back in Tampa. The question is, who will be ahead 3-2 heading into that game? So tonight is the night. The Rangers have won eight straight games at Madison Square Garden in these playoffs. It's a remarkable streak. Their only loss was a long time ago. I don't know. A lot of us have to think about it. Remember how long back triple overtime against Pittsburgh, game one of the first round. Yeah. It's well have been six months ago at this rate. So long run. The Rangers playing a home game on June 9th is remarkable in and of itself, that, that there's hockey in June here, even with the delayed schedule, this has only happened yeah. two other times in franchise history, 2014 when they played the Kings in the finals, and 1994, of course, when they won the Stanley Cup. So When they won the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, yep. no, and you know, it's funny. I saw this on Twitter while we were before we went, right as we went to break. It's also the 21st, ready to feel old, it's the 21st anniversary. No, not 21st. The 11th anniversary, excuse me. No, no, it is 21st anniversary. I am old. <laughs> and it's the 21st anniversary of the team that's waiting for either the Rangers and the Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Colorado Avalanche, the last time they won the Cup, the famous Ray Bork game, you know, Ray Bork, the dream has finally come true, as Gary Thorne said, Alan. It, you know, it's it's moments like that that, first of all, like I said, you know, you and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to age you, Alan. I won't be that guy, but... It's one of those times that makes me feel like I'm starting to become an old man when I look at it and say, oh, that was two decades ago that yeah. Ray Bork finally won a Stanley Cup. That's scary because it's that century thing and the Y2K, 2001. I mean, it, it can't be 21 years, but it is. Yeah, I feel it too. It doesn't seem anywhere near that long ago. Um, maybe it's something of a 9-11 thing that the world changed so much after that. And, you know, right. The world changed with COVID. Like we've had these pockets of unusualness in the world correlating to sports situations. But I, I remember that series very well. I mean, the the Devils had it. They had a three-two lead, lost Game Six in New Jersey, and then you knew going back to Denver that the Avalanche would find a way. And Joe Sakic lifting the cup for the second time and handing it to Ray Bork. Uh, everyone remembers that moment vividly. Yeah, a tremendous team. So, yeah, that that's remarkable that a it's taken them that long to get back to the finals and B Joe Sackick is running the show with a chance to do something that's rarely been accomplished, which is lifting the cup as a player and as a GM for the same team. Yeah, that's I, I can't I can't think of anyone that's ever done that. Right. Well, Sir, uh, Serge Savard. Serge did. Savard is one. And then I heard on the broadcast the other night, Bill Schmidt. <laughs> The Boston Bruins. Oh, that's yep, that's right. Wait, wait, when was when yeah, was Mil so Milt must have was Milt the GM of this in the seventies? Yeah, right. Late later, later he was. And yeah. he played him way back. Because he won it in thirty nine and then forty one. Then he went to the war, I remember, and then came back and played a few more years. What like 
if well, if we keep going out, we're going to keep trying to figure out these guys and guys that were even players and turned GMs for their for their same teams. Uh, Garth Snow, of course, being one of them recently. You know him very well, covering the Islanders and whatnot. Right. Unfortunately, the, those teams never quite came as close to Joe Sackick's yeah. team as right now. No, and, and look how long it took the great Joe Sackick to get back here. This team has been been loaded for several seasons and, and not been able to overcome situation so it, it's that proverbial you have to lose before you win i mean they've been heartbroken numerous times nathan mckinnon's talked about it so to finally be there and now with rest i mean they 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 should be in an optimal situation no matter who they play the rangers in tampa will play at least six maybe seven there are more days off uh, the series opens in denver with the high altitude air whatever it is it's it all favors the Colorado Avalanche barreling into the finals with confidence, rest, and motivation to get it done this right. year. And there, I mean, there, there's a reason why you know they won the President's Trophy last year. They were the best team in the Western Conference this year, and they're finally showing it. So we'll have to see how they do. Of course, we have to see who they're going to play. And we mentioned tonight, Alan, this is a pivotal game because – you know, we saw the first two games, you know, we could chalk rust up, whatever you want to say towards the Tampa Bay Lightning, but we knew they were going to bounce back, especially on home ice. They win games three and four. Vasilevsky looks pretty good in game four as well. Then, of course, Andre Palat steps up and we have Nikita Kucherov stepping up and Stamkos and all the band of merry men that Tampa's shown over their last two runs to the Stanley Cup. This is all of a sudden looking like a Tampa team that's found their groove once again and they have momentum going into MSG tonight. They do. There's, there's no arguing it. They turn the tide by winning the two home games, but not just winning, but the way they won them, the way they turned the two nothing deficit in game three around and then and then scored in the last minute of play. That was pretty epic stuff because that game had overtime written all over it for the last seven, eight minutes. And oh, then yeah. boom, Puck was in the net with Andre Palat's stick pushing it across. So that was a backbreaker or the Rangers. There was the feeling they had it. They actually two nothing lead on the road, even though they were both power play goals, they could do this. And then Tampa managed to earn a power play right after the Rangers had made it two nothing on a goal by Chris Kreider. And then the puck was in the net a minute six after that goal. So two one, and then the tying goal and then the winning goal. So it, to me, game three is, is pivotal. Game four was a, basically complete domination by Tampa Bay on their home ice. They have figured out a way to bottle up the Rangers' best players. The Rangers have not scored a five-on-five goal since early in game two's third period. Yeah, That's a long time ago now. Uh, Of course, they'll be energized by the home crowd, be going bonkers again at the Garden. This will be the 10th home game. Like I said, they won eight of the nine previously. The fans have this feeling like we can't lose here. They're out of their minds with the towels and the T-shirts and just the thrill of the Rangers being this close to the finals. New York City's on on sort of spiritual fire. There's 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 hashtag signs and player logos, player cutouts. There's all kinds of stuff all over the city's watch parties in Central Park and Bryant Park. It's it's bringing people together in a way that nothing really has since the pandemic affected us all here so it's it's been a, an energizer for humanity in, in some small way and hockey somehow really brings people together people that fans that maybe don't watch very many games or are vaguely aware of the the team and the season 
from October to April are invested now and watching every minute, waiting for the next goal and, and looking and dreaming about the finals because that'll really electrify the city if they can manage to win two of the next three. There's no reason they can't based on what's happened at home, but can they do it a little banged up? Ryan Strom, Philip Heedle are both apparently still game time decisions tonight that they would be down two two of their four main centers there. There would be a challenge that would sort of make the line combinations uh, trickier for Gerard Gallant yeah. tonight. Uh, Ryan Strom has been a, a major impact for on Artemi Panarin all season. Of course, uh, Andrew Kopp could move to center, Brooklyn Goodrow if he's healthy enough. Like So they have pieces, but the kid line has been amazing. And if Pedal can't play, that changes that dynamic too. So question marks. I mean, again, they, they're a deep roster. They've They've gotten Tyler Mott back in these playoffs. He's been very effective. Yeah. Ryan Reeves has been excellent in his role. Uh, Ryan Lindgren on defense. I mean, he's playing like, I don't know how he's playing with the injuries he's had to endure. So there, there may be something of a team on fumes a little bit. They have played 18 games in 36 days. It's a lot. It's a young team. They've gotten a ton of experience. Can they win at this level? It's a major test. I, I, I don't see why they can't, but it is, they are playing the champions. So right. that may be why they won't. So yeah. we'll see. Because I'm trying to think of how many teams have gone to the finals that have played in three seven-game series. The, the closest one I can remember was when the Leafs infamously lost in game seven against Wayne Gretzky and the LA Kings back in 93. They, of course, that... A lot of us Leafs fans still believe, Alan, that game should not, that series should not have gone to seven games. But thank you, Kerry Frazier, for not calling a high stick on, you know, Wayne Gretzky. But that's a discussion for a different day. We don't need to get into that sort of thing. Um, we'll get to Heedle and Strom here in a second. But I got to ask you, because we met, I was talking about a little earlier on the show, Alan. The shots on goal in that first game were 35 31. Jack Eichel jumped in the chat saying that the Rangers are going to outshoot them again. And while on paper on the box score sheet, you see, oh, look, the Rangers must have outplayed Tampa. 35 31 if they're out shooting them however watching game four you didn't really get that feeling you know because we mentioned Heedle missing a lot you know a good chunk of that game Strom was out for game four as well it didn't seem like the dangerous scoring chances were there for the Rangers do you think that's because Heedle you know did miss some of that game as well or do you think there's a lot involved based on the fact that you know, Tampa just did a good job of keeping everything the outside and allowing Andre Vasilevsky to see shots coming from 30, 40, 50 feet away. They, they did. I think they did it rather subtly. Like they figured out a way to bottle up, channel up the Ranger attack, especially five on five. Their passing lanes were, were disrupted. They just weren't looking like they had any flow at all. And the shots, like I couldn't remember more than two or three tough saves that Vasilevsky had to make in game four right and in game in game three too he it was just again two power play goals which all bets are, are off when you're on there the Rangers power play is deadly they're loaded with the, with the five they put out there so you almost you almost expect a goal uh, one out of every two of those so yeah but you've got to score five out of five to win you can't rely 100 percent on on special teams to get you there and and Tampa's you know the defense is big experienced they're getting meaner as they get along here that they, they can also see the idea of the future of a chance to go for three cups. No one's done that since the Islanders won the third of four straight in 1982. So it's 40 years ago, the Penguins couldn't do it. The Red Wings couldn't do it when they won two. Just that they've won 10 series in a row is remarkable. Double digit straight series wins is yeah. remarkable. 
things are best of sevens. Uh, the Islanders won all those series. Some of them are best of fives, but still they won 19 in a row, which will never be broken. It's it's insane that Tampa's got 10 and it's just over half of the 19 the Islanders achieved. So it's it's just so hard, but they're getting better as they play and they're getting more confident. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Of course, they're not thinking, nobody's thinking of the Colorado Avalanche. They just have to get past where they're where they are and I, I do think Colorado Tampa would be a pure clash of the Titans. Yeah, no got Champs and the next in line. Who's better? I mean, that would be some kind of series. The teams are healthy, but the Rangers are this amazing upstart story. Kid line, the goalie, Shesterkin, the way he's played, the excitement of New York. It, it's it's both storylines are outstanding. It's just so hard to predict anymore. I I heart I don't even try. It's too hard. Uh, momentum is something we talk about after every game. And then we get right back to this, well, the home thing. They're home. They win. They're on the road. Who knows? And yeah, Tampa's, Tampa has played well on the road. To their, to their credit, they swept the Florida Panthers. They, they won. They, they beat the Leafs in seven, but they needed. They had to win game six to do it there. So game seven, actually, in Toronto. So they, yeah. right, they, they've done it. They can do it. They, they don't get phased by pressure. They're, they're getting stronger and you know if the rangers it's not so much the lack of experience i think they're just banged up and 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 a little tired but whatever tired qualifies as they're entitled to be that they've played a lot of games uh, i did look it up the last team that had played three straight sevens before the finals were the kings in 2014 oh gosh that's right because they went to game seven against chicago and then um oh, who was that second round against uh, i think the sharks they rallied against the Sharks or the Ducks. They beat they beat both. Uh, I, I always get 14 and 15 a little mixed up. Yeah, because well, 14, the I think eight, that was eight. the opening round against San Jose. That's why the jokes came out. But you're right. I think they did play the Ducks. And because, you know, of course, back then, California was literally Death Valley. If you ever had, right. you everyone did the West Coast California right. trip and it sucked because <laughs> right. if you got two right. points out of there, it's right. a miracle. Miracle, right. Right, but, right. So they got epic series with the Blackhawks. Uh, which they they overcame them. Of course, the Blackhawks won the cup the next year, and they had their seven game adventures of their own. But the Kings didn't make the playoffs in 2015. They were so tired from yeah runs. So it, it was- it's additionally remarkable that Tampa is where they are because they've been so motivated since the sweep by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019 that they haven't lost a series since. So talk about motivation. They they must think about that series all the time and get revved up for big games because they're not going to let that happen again. Right. You know, it's funny. I was, I quickly thought to myself, when was the last time a team won 10 playoff series in a row? And you do have to go, and actually, I don't think, I think the Islanders are the last team to do it because you got to remember Alan back in the, you know, the, everyone's like, what about the Oilers in the eighties? Yes. They lost in 86 to Calgary, but that was the Smythe division final. That was round two. So the, the Oilers, the Penguins in both 91, 92, and 17-18, or the after, after on the third, their try for a third straight cup, and then, right. of course, the Red Wings as well. They all made it out of the first round in that third year, right. but they all fell in round two. Round two. So, so Tampa's got... already doing this thing that the, no one's done since those mighty Islanders right. teams, right. and that is one double-digit playoff series in a row, and that's what makes them so incredible. And it's almost like it's one of those things where – you know, no disrespect, Alan, to obviously a lot of New York fans that are watching this right now in World Hockey Report. It's almost as if if the Lightning don't make it there, 
it's almost like, well, how can you prove that you really beat the best? And then, cause I mean, right. who knows what'll happen in the finals, Rangers and Avalanche will be a great series, right. but it's almost like if Tampa doesn't get to that point, it's like, well, what was all this hype for? <laughs> right. Right. I, I agree because the two cups are different cups. The bubble cup is treated differently. It was weird. No fans. Like they won it legitimately, but the playoffs were bizarre. Right. That summer. We can all agree on that a factor. And last year they rolled after the short season, a legitimate playoffs for sure. But the season was unique. Uh, no, no one loved the schedule. They had to do what they had to do. So, you know, they did, they won, they won it fair and square, but it, they need to sort of win a legit legitimate 82 game plus playoffs one to bring it together in some form and not their fault, but it, yeah, they, they need, they sort of need at least to get to the finals to legitimize this entire situation. But yes, 10 series wins is 10 series wins. You yeah. can't argue that. You can't. Yeah. I remember I was talking with, was it Matt Marchese from sports? Now I asked him like, is if they make it to the finals, let alone if they actually win, was this, is this the greatest team possibly in, in in angel history given the fact that you know everyone's like oh but you know no team's ever won five stanley cups in a row like the montreal canadians well uh, sorry history lesson kids back in the original six days they only had to win two rounds oh but they never won four stanley cups in a row like the montreal canadians in the 70s well yeah once again you know 21 of the 20s how many teams in the league made the playoffs and unfortunately when all you when you get to play washington back in the 70s three times a year Alan, I'm pretty sure you can win a lot of those games pretty handily, but Montreal did. Right. And I know right. respect to the Islanders, but let's be honest, when you have to go up against, I mean, yes, there was the Flyers and the Oilers in 80 and 83, but Minnesota and the Vancouver Canucks in the early 80s, uh, no offense, but those were some, I don't want to say cakewalk teams, Alan, but the Islanders were heavily favored in those series for a reason. So I, it's almost like this team right now, given who they've had to play, given everything that's been thrown against them, every situation, they have found a way to win. And it seems like, you know, the Rangers are right there. They're they're hanging in with them. What do they have to do tonight? You mentioned that they're going to be in the crowd, but if Philip Heedle doesn't go, who needs to step up? Who really needs to play? We can mention Zibanejad and Kreider. Those guys have to play well. And of course, Shesterkin needs to stand on his head. But, you know, who else needs to fill those holes in order to give the Rangers that depth to go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight? They, they, they need goals from the big guns. They need Zabinajed and Chris Kreider and Panarin to score five on five. So they've got to do something beyond the power play. And, you know, the kid line, Lafreniere and Capococco have been excellent, but they seem to need Heedle. I don't know who they'll put in the middle. They could put Barkley Goodrow between them. He's healthy. They could dress Johnny Brzezinski, who played early in this. He's big guy with speed. So, you know that that could you know it's but it's like it's a bit of a crapshoot. You start mixing and matching lines at this level, it could catch fire. Or it could struggle. Um, I just think that there's a team they have to they have to earn the power plays, score on them, but also score five on five at least once, and and somehow negate Kucherov, Andre Palat, Stamkos. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Zach Bogosian, apparently. Apparently, you have to watch out for him. <laughs> right. And Tampa's depth, it comes to the forefront. Nick Paul scored big goals against Toronto. I mean, this guy, these guys emerge at these times. And Tampa's always been really good at finding those players to score big goals at big, big times. It happened last year with Yanni Gord 
beating the Islanders with a shorthanded game seven goal. Barkley Goodrow did that role for them. Uh, Coleman, Blake Coleman, like they always find these guys to yeah. fit in and they have Ross Colton now doing this kind of work. So they're all scary. Every line can do some damage and there's no weak links on the blue line. And of course the goalies all world. Um, of course we say it every game, but the first goal of course is, is major because the crowd goes one way or the other. So that first goal, but the Rangers have scored first goals and yeah. scored first two goals and let the opposition back in. Uh, if Tampa does score first, who knows? I mean, all, all Ranger fans, everyone has memories of what happened in 2015 when they were battling the seven games and the Rangers were shut out, not just once, but twice in games five and seven, uh, yeah. that series at home in the middle, they won in a blowout in Tampa, but, uh, the game seven shutout was it was a tragic one because they were that close to another finals appearance and then it just evaporated. So yeah. that memory is there. Only Chris Kreider was on the ice for the Rangers that night, but it doesn't that doesn't seem like seven years ago, but it somehow is. But that that's in the memory bank and um, Tampa's big guns were there. They know they know what it takes to quiet the garden crowd. So again, no fear. They are motivated with experience and two games from a, from another finals. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game tonight. And, and I still believe if, if the lightning had that two Oh lead, like they did in game three, if that's at home on MSG, I think it's a different story because obviously you can get, if you can score two quick goals like that, especially in a period and really get the crowd ignited at mass regard. we've talked about this even the last time we had John here, Alan, this is, it, it can be a great crowd. So it'll be a big game tonight, but I got to ask you here before we before we finish things up here on today's shorter World Hockey Report. I do apologize. I, Alan and I both have jobs and other things we have to do, so we can't be here for four hours as much as we'd love to, I'm sure. Um, yes. How do, does this series end in six, even no matter who wins tonight? Or do you think we're playing next Tuesday? I mean, is this I, for some reason, I have a feeling like, yes, you know, Tampa could win tonight and have a chance to close out at home. But you just. It feels like if the Rangers win tonight, right off that home crowd, we're going to be back at MSG for Game 7. That would be the logic. I My gut feeling is somehow it finishes in six, one way or the other. Somehow either Tampa finds a way tonight and then going home is easier for them, or the Rangers do what they have to do at home and, and pull off what they've done twice which is when major major pressure games on the road to extend the pittsburgh series in game six win the carolina series in game seven they can do it they can race their game to the a level you know once a series on the road that they have to do i think seven is just it's just too much for everyone again and uh, there's an added wrinkle i heard there's a justin bieber is, has a concert allegedly or apparently Scheduled Tuesday night, they might have to move if there was a game seven. They have to move the game or they have to move the concert? The concert would have to move. I heard. Oh, my goodness. To move a Justin Bieber concert at MSG? Oh, right. Lord. I, no. I believe no. that's why the game is Tuesday, not Monday, because I believe he has two. So maybe it's the first one's the first one and the second one, I, I believe. I heard, but I have to double check that. So the, uh, Tuesday would also be the exact date anniversary of the Rangers Stanley Cup raising in 1994 huh. game seven. so that would be insane yeah it, it it'd be crazy because well i've heard that the the finals are going to start either the 15th or the 18th so it must be that if 
they do go seven, they would have to play the 15th. Poss- there's a, I've heard that there's a chance they could play the 15th as well for this game seven. So, uh, uh, that's, that could be, they might, they could move it. I don't know. That would be a long layoff, but I guess it's conceivable because I keep hearing the 18th to open the finals. That would mean the avalanche have, I don't know, 10 days off. And the lightning, you're sitting there like, listen, we know how to get through it, but we have to, tr- it, it's, it's a long layoff, especially for guys whoever, that, you know, whoever faces Colorado is going to hit the wall in the first two games out there. Yeah, no question. Like, it, it, they, they'll hit something and it won't, it might not be pretty. Uh, Del- you know, they put the put in the chat there. They're asking, you know, who's favorite? It is are the Avalanche favorite because of the rest? And I remember I talked with Greg Wyshynski about that on Tuesday. He said, "Well, the team that comes out of the East be rolling. It might help in Game One, maybe two, right. but eventually the the rest will help whoever the Avalanche, especially." So, which which is what's happening now with Tampa? They were off kilter Game One, and then turned the tide in Game Two, and they basically played two and a half perfect games for them. Not perfect, but perfect as you have to be exactly so it'll be it'll be i I think i mean the the lightning are hitting their stride at the right time which is not good for the rangers but like we mentioned tonight eight o'clock at msg eight o'clock eastern time six o'clock mountain time for this one tonight a pivotal game five between the rangers and the lightning winner is one win away from the stanley cup finals we've been chatted up here with alan creda of the new york times at a creda on Twitter, Kreda, if you don't know how to spell it, it's literally right there, K-R-E-D-A. It's very simple, thank goodness. Thank you, Alan, for making your yep. last name easy for all of yep. us. Um, a reminder, guys, if you got to get the best player tracking information, go on Quack Stats, follow them, and get their social media and their app to get the best player tracking. And if you miss any of the show today, I know it's a short one. I know I'm usually the three-hour marathon guy, but I got to get other things going on here today as well. So if you're just joining us here, I do apologize, but it's okay. You can watch this on demand with Alan Crada on either the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube channel, the 12 Ounce Sports Social Networks, or right here at World Hockey RPT on Twitter. Or thanks to Romy and the guys at the Hockey Podcast Network, you can listen to it on your favorite podcast app or podcatcher, whatever you want to call it. Alan, thank you very much for jumping on the show at the last minute, of course. It was it's always fun talking with you. Enjoy the game tonight. Tell the boys we said hello. Okay. Maybe, you know, just say, hey, guys, if you're bored after this game tonight, go check out my interview with this kid, this random kid from Michigan. <laughs> we talked about you guys. It'd be kind of interesting to see how they react. None of them know who we are, but that's OK. I'll do what I can. It's, it's a deal. It's a deal. All right, folks. Thank you all very much for watching once again here at World Hockey RPT. I'm Tyler Kuehl. That's Alan Kreda. And we'll see you all next Tuesday. Are we going to be talking about a Justin Bieber concert? We'll find out the next time on World Hockey Report. Oh, good. Thank you.